0: Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I'm so happy that you are here because this is a supportive, positive environment where we can heal together. Please note, I am not a doctor or health professional in any way. If you would like to attempt something mentioned in this episode, please consult your doctor or mental health professional first. Today, we are discussing how to reverse Alzheimer's symptoms and pre-Alzheimer's diagnosis. First, I want to talk about, (laughs) I had a little blood work results money scare. And this is mostly for my American listeners or any listeners in any country that uses health insurance. So my Canadian listeners, my Australian listeners, you guys have Universal, my Swedish listeners, Uh, this may not be for you. (laughs) You can uh, feel good about yourselves because you're about to hear what I went through and you're like, damn, why do Americans have such a terrible healthcare system and billing system? And we do and we all know it. That's a whole nother story for another day. But basically what happened was, if you remember from the last episode, episode 59, I had said that my blood work, all of that costs, I think it was something like $82 or $85 out of pocket. And then I got this bill from the lab that said I owed $973.65. And then I went back because I've been really looking at my health insurance because I have an app and making sure that they're covering everything. And they were. So I'm like, why am I getting this bill? I go back. I check everything. I call the insurance company and they figure out that the lab put in something wrong. They they mixed up something. It was a billing issue and they are correcting it now. So I actually only owe for that bill $21, which is part of that whole $85, right? So I just wanna tell everyone, when you do blood work for SIRS, it's very extensive. And again, please go back to episode 59. If you're like, "What is? what are you talking about? I'm talking about chronic inflammatory response syndrome, how I have it and how I was tested for it blood-wise. There's a ton of blood work. And if that's something that you have to do, just make sure you are looking at everything. You are crossing your T's, you're dotting your I's, you are double checking your insurance. If you have an app, making sure they're taking care of everything, because I believe these mix-ups happen because they're just such... Rare tests. I mean, they're not rare for us, but they're rare for the rest of the population. And then when they do billing, they don't know what they're doing. So I just wanted to tell everyone to double check all of that. I had the most humbling experience in my appointment with Dr. Pegg, which I discussed last episode, episode 59. And I want to tell you about it. And it really <laughs> set me on a path. To even taking my health more seriously than I already do. I was in the appointment with her and she had told me that I basically am on track to have pre Alzheimer's. Because I have the SERS gene, because I have SERS, all those toxins are obviously not good. And the Marcon's, which we talked about last episode, those toxins in the frontal lobe of your brain, those are the ones that can wreak havoc and cause neurodegenerative disease such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, all of that. And she handed me a photocopy of a book cover of a book I'm going to talk about, and it's about a protocol for pre Alzheimer's and also people who have Alzheimer's and let me tell you something when someone especially someone like Dr. Pegg who's so at the top of her game hands you that it wakes you up like it you are scared straight <laughs> because I didn't think going into this appointment that that would be one of the results and that would be something we would be talking about but it is And it's a reality. And I have to make sure that I keep everything in check because that is the reality of my life right now. And I also have to think about my husband. My husband is 17 years older than me. You heard him on one of the past episodes. And I don't want him taking care of a wife that's 17 years younger, who's 45 years old, with dementia or early onset Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or anything like that. That is something that I absolutely do not want. So my motivation is more for him. Also, I think I've told you guys this. I I can't remember if I have talked about this in Two Inches Off the Ground or this podcast, but I grew up with a grandmother who lived with us, who I loved and adored, one of the most special... Wonderful human beings who just treated me so well. And I watched her decline for seven years because she had surgery when she was much older and she was never the same ever since. And she had dementia and what I believe she was not diagnosed. She had Alzheimer's as well. And I watched it happen in front of my eyes and it was terrifying and it was, there were things that at the time I was 12 years old when this was happening that a 12 year old should not see or a young child I mean I wasn't a young child but let's just say a young adult child oh my gosh a young older child (laughs) it doesn't even make sense but a young older child should not see and I, I saw some shit and it was it was terrifying It was terrifying, and I think what people don't realize with taking care of someone with Alzheimer's and dementia is even if it's a grandparent, for example, it really takes a toll on the family, and it obviously wasn't her fault, but it really takes a toll on the marriage, and it really took a toll on me because I didn't know how to handle it. And the saddest part is, and, and I'm, I've been able to forgive myself finally, but I pretty much rejected her in the last years of her life. And that's really, really so hard for me to say and to admit out loud, because I'll tell you something, I don't think I've ever told anyone that. I mean, obviously, the people I know are people close to me, but that's been my biggest life regret is I was young. I was dealing with my own stuff, right? Being abused, all that. So I didn't know how to deal with that. And I rejected the person who loved me most. And so I have a lot of, I guess, history and thoughts around Alzheimer's and dementia. And it just, I've seen it. I've seen it up close. I've I've seen someone die from it. And it is terrifying. Um, but... The good news is that it can be reversed, and we are going to talk about this today. And the person has to be really motivated to reverse the symptoms, as I am. And I know if any of you were diagnosed with this, all of you would be. I know my listeners. You guys write to me. You're no joke. You you give me all sorts of tips and the whole thing. So. I know that you're along the same lines as me. We're going to stop at nothing to be the healthiest we can to the point that we're probably healthier (laughs) than the people who are, quote unquote, healthy and don't have this disease. That's the irony of the situation, right? Is we become so healthy that we're probably going to live until we're 162. So... Yeah, don't worry about any of that. There's nothing to be afraid of, but I just wanted to get that out of the way. I do also want to say one other thing with that story with my grandmother before I continue, and that is I am not genetically related to my family. I am adopted. So I understand listening. You would say, oh, okay, that makes sense. You have this because your grandmother had this, but we are not genetically related. I don't know my genetics. uh, So there you go. Okay, so I had that humbling experience. I'm kind of in shock. i'm I'm not upset, but i was I was taken aback, and I had to digest that for a few days. And once I did, I really got my shit together, and I'm like, okay, I am going to take this seriously. I am going to read this book that Dr. Pegg, Recommended, and it is called The End of Alzheimer's The First Program to Prevent and Reverse Cognitive Decline by Dr. Dale E. Bredesen. The book is a New York Times bestseller. He is known all over the world for this protocol, and honest to God, God bless him for the light work and the healing that he has given to so many people, hundreds to thousands of thousands of people who are healed or are healing from a neurodegenerative disease. He talks about in the book, you hear of cancer survivors, but you never hear of Alzheimer's survivors. And there are because of Dr. Bredesen having SIRS, chronic inflammatory response syndrome, my body cannot drain toxins like a normal person, and 25% or more of the population have the SERS gene, and I have that. So that all puts me and others like me at a much higher risk of having neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, and Bredesen actually discusses SIRS he has a section in the book dedicated to SIRS which is so great in the book Bredesen gives the 12 signs of pre-Alzheimer's and I want to point out the signs that I either have or I think are interesting and I'll let you know which is which the first let's see I'll count here one two one two three four five the first five I have and then I'm going to read you two more, which I do not have, but I find so fascinating. Okay. Decreased in reading or inability to follow movies or TV shows with complex plot lines. There was a period of time in my life I had stopped reading and I was an avid reader. I was insatiable. Uh, I was a kid who would take out the max books from the library check them out right I forget what you call it I haven't gone to a library in a while check out books yeah take out check out. <laughs> anyway it doesn't matter but I remember being that young and you could only take out only 14 books at a time and I would take out 14 books at a time and devour them in a week and make my mom take me for more books so I've always been a big reader I love reading something to know about me so fascinating guys <laughs> I'm a speed reader. Uh, I think being an editor that has really developed my speed reading, so I'm also a speed reader, but I found myself probably about 10 years ago just not having an interest in reading anymore, hardly reading, and this lasted quite some time. This lasted, and I'm saying honestly this probably lasted until last year, Also, I remember The Social Network, the movie came out in 2010, and that was a movie about Facebook, and that's actually my favorite movie. I really like it. I think to take a concept that could be so boring, and they made it so fascinating, even though it was exaggerated, it was really really interesting. But anyway, I remember the opening scene of The Social Network when I first watched it in 2010, and the actor, Jesse Eisenberg, who played Mark Zuckerberg he was talking to his girlfriend and he was doing this whole speech and it was going so fast, I could not keep up with it. It was too fast for me. It was as if the words were just flying and I was watching it with someone and I said to them, is this speech too fast for you? And they said, no, it's fine. He, he is a fast speaker. So Zuckerberg, they portray him as a very fast speaker, which he is, but my friend sitting next to me had no problems with it. So I thought that was always odd and that stuck with me. Then I watched the social network later on and the speaking was fine. That scene was not too fast for me. So if you have anything like that, just, you know, think about it for a second. I'm not trying to scare anyone, I'm not trying to tell anyone you have pre-Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever. <laughs> not saying that, just saying it's something to note. Increased anxiety about driving and finding my way. Sometimes when I drive, even if I'm in my town, I'll have this moment where I'm at a stoplight and I do not know where I am. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, do I turn right? Do I turn left? Do I turn do I go straight? What do I do?" I do have that. And I had it a lot more and it's becoming better. Now, I have to say at night, I don't think I'll ever be perfect. I just don't think that's my personality, but <laughs> like we were driving not in our town, but in a town that we go to, not often, but enough. And we were driving at night and my husband knew exactly where to go, go left, go right, go this, go that. But to get from the old town to the shopping district, I couldn't find my way. I had to use a GPS. So I don't, I just think that I'm just not great at night. I can tell you that I used to be so anxious to go over the George Washington Bridge because of course I live in a super populated area or at least I have to drive through a super populated area and it's it's the crazy bridges right if you live in the New York area you're driving over the um the Tappan Zee, which has another name now can't remember I think it's the Andrew Cuomo Bridge you're driving over the George Washington you're doing the Bronx River Parkway you're you're doing all these crazy roads so you need to be a really good driver and I used to have a lot of fear of that now I've been fine I'm like, okay, if I have to go over the GW, I have to go over the GW. It's fine. I I remember at one point I took a wrong turn. I can't remember who I was visiting. And I uh, I took a wrong turn and went to Staten Island. And I wasn't upset. I found my way back. I was like, okay, well, I just went over the bridge. Now I need to find a place to turn around and go back over the bridge. So normally, if that kind of thing would happen, I'd get very wound up. But I've been doing better with driving. Number three... The overwhelm of tasks that need to get done. So just the tasks, you feel this horrible, overwhelming feeling. And I used to feel this strongly. I used to be the person who I would just wake up every day and be so overwhelmed with everything I had to do. And now I feel okay. Now I feel like, okay, well, this is going to get done. And I always overplan my day. That's my big Achilles heel is... (laughs) I overplan my day all the time. Like I can get 14 things done and really I can only get four. So I'm trying to dial back on that, but I'm getting better. Sleep disruption. My acupuncturist has told me that because of my swollen tongue, the way it's swollen, I guess, I do not sleep that well. I always feel I sleep pretty decently, except for, as I talked about in episode 59, those three, four nights around my period that I really don't sleep that well. But she says that according to my tongue, I'm not sleeping that well. And then according to the results from last week's episode, because of my MSH, that hormone or that group of hormones, that shows that I'm probably not sleeping as well as I need to. So good to know, right? Everything's good to know. Do I feel that this is improving a little bit? Not much. I feel like I need a little bit of help, which I'm going to talk about later. Okay. This one is a big one for me, vocabulary and word search. And you'll find people will say, oh, I just used to be so sharp and I'm not sharp anymore. And then you'll meet an 80 year old who's using all these big words that can be a sign. And I have that. And that's a big one for me is I forget words, not forget words. I word search all the time. I cannot think of words. And when I'm tired, it gets bad. Or when I've had too much sugar, it gets bad because it affects your brain. So word searching is a big one for me, especially when I podcast. So you may hear a pause because I'm searching for a word. I have to edit this podcast because of that. And sometimes I've been really down on myself because of podcasting and I've had to let that one go because of certain things with my voice and you hear there's a wetness to my voice it drives me absolutely crazy. I went through a period where it was dry mouth and it, it's been a whole thing I guess the way I internalize you see I guess know <laughs> how else to put it is I have this issue with my voice and it it drives me so it makes me so upset. Because I listen back and I hear it. And of course, I'm the only one that hears it. And I get upset about it. But I've tried everything. I've tried teas. I've tried herbal this. I've tried that. I've tried and nothing works. And I think that until my issues are 100% resolved, it's just not going to work. And I'm sure eating those potato chips is (laughs) not helping either, which I will get to later. But vocabulary and word search are a big deal for me. It's getting a little better, it's improving. I was using some big words this weekend where I was going, wow, but still not my old self. And I think that one's going to take quite some time and I'm hoping that I have patience with it. And in a year, it will be much better. So I just have to have patience and I think things will improve. So those are the five out of the 12 signs of pre-Alzheimer's that I definitely have now there's other signs and you guys know them obviously the ones like not remembering dates or short-term memory or whatever it is so those I didn't want to read because I think we all know them I really don't have them but these are the ones I have okay the two signs that I found so fascinating were number one no longer getting a mental boost from caffeine and he talks about this a lot I don't have this problem. <laughs> I have the opposite problem. But I thought that was really interesting. And trouble speaking foreign languages that the person has always been proficient in. That's also another sign that I found very fascinating. So how am I managing this health issue? And how am I reversing the symptoms of Alzheimer's? Number one, I took something called the MOCA test. It's the Montreal Cognitive Assessment Test test. It's free, it's a 10-minute test to assess memory, and if there's cause to worry. It is out of 30 points, that's the highest you can get, and if you get less than 24 points, you may have pre-Alzheimer's symptoms, and if you score less than 20 points, you most likely do. Those with late-stage Alzheimer's or advanced Alzheimer's, for example, score only one point. So I will put the link to the PDF in the show notes because it's kind of hard to find. And what you need to do is you have to print it out, put a timer of 10 minutes, and then do it. I scored 29.5 out of 30. So far, my brain is in very good shape. My husband, who has no signs of anything SIRS or Alzheimer's or anything who's in great shape, whose brain is in great shape, He also scored a 29.5 out of 30, so I'm doing okay. (laughs) The next thing, which I'm getting done tomorrow, is called NeuroQuant. It is a brain MRI that shows you if you have the beginning symptoms of neurodegenerative disease. For insurance reasons, you need to know that you may need to get a pre-authorization from your insurance and what they need is your doctor who ordered the test has to send in what they call their clinicals, which says, okay, this person has all these problems and they absolutely need this test. Be very careful if you're using a satellite office to do the test. Let's say the main office, okay, here's my example. The main office is in New York City. Yeah, actually I have two offices in New York City. I'm using their satellite office outside of the city. That's where I'm going tomorrow. If you use that satellite office, make sure the billing comes from the main office or else a lot of times insurance will not cover it if it's coming from that satellite office address. I hope I'm making sense, just so you know. For the New York area, the test costs between $2,200 to $3,000 out Of pocket. Why I'm doing the test is I want to make sure I have a good baseline. So they can do this test tomorrow, and then let's say I do okay and my brain's in decent shape, then they don't have to do this test for 10 years. Let's just say. I have no idea if that's the truth. I'm just putting that out there. So let's say they do the test in 10 years. Well, they now have a baseline of when I was 45 years old. Also, I'm looking to see if the Marcon's, remember those toxins that we talked about in episode 59, the ones that are in the front lobe, if they are in my front lobe. And I've also had three concussions, and I had one very severe concussion in college. I hit my head, and I really can't remember how. I know that's a weird thing to say, but I can't. And then that day, I hit my head again with a car door, never done this in my life, open the car door, boom. So I had almost a double concussion and I remember I had to, I couldn't go to class and all this kind of stuff. So I've had a major concussion, so it's good to see what's going on in there (laughs) and I'm hoping that everything will be fine. I will definitely keep you posted because that's a big thing. I want you guys to know, hey, if my insurance doesn't cover it or I live somewhere where I do have to pay out of pocket, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Let me be the guinea pig. I spend a lot of money. (laughs) Well, hopefully insurance will pay, but I really do, but that's okay. I don't mind being a guinea pig. I have been reversing the symptoms of pre-Alzheimer's by using Dr. Bredesen's treatment plan or protocol called RECODE. Recode, all one word. And I really love this protocol because he's so honest with it and he's so apparent and upfront about what he expects. I mean, I hate to say it like that, what he expects, but what is expected of the patients and what they do and how everyone's human. So I really appreciated that in the book. And if you get the book, you'll see that. The first thing he talks about is everyone's protocol is different. And he gives a few sample protocols, real protocols from his patients. And you'll see that I mean, some of the things are very much the same, but some of the things are different. And I was thinking about reading one of the protocols, but they're so long. It would just be me reading for five minutes. (laughs) And I don't want to overwhelm people. And everyone has their own thing. So you may listen and be like, Okay, that's cool or that's cool, but I would never do that. So Let's uh, let's just focus on ourselves, right? I want to go back to, it's so funny because I keep thinking about that I haven't talked about in a while on this podcast and for the new listeners, because I know I'm seeing I'm getting new listeners, what I want to stress is what works for you is what works for you. You all have your own things. I have listeners who are vegan. I'm not a vegan. I eat bone broth. I have listeners who... Our marathon runners, I'm not. I'm the one who needs more cardio. They don't need more cardio in their protocol, you know, whatever it is. So just make sure you're doing the best for you and your body and making sure you're achieving the best results for you. Every plan should be individualized. Everyone cheats on their diet. This is what I love is he, <laughs> he surveyed hundreds of patients and they all admitted every single one to cheating on their diet, because how can you freaking not guys? How can you not? I'll give you examples. I'm going to be honest with me. I love these potato chips with avocado oil. So all it is, is potatoes, salt and avocado oil. I eat them all the time. I try not to. (laughs) I should be doing a low amylose diet, which means pretty much hardly any to no potatoes, but this is my one thing. I'm hanging on to. You're gonna hear why in a second. It's my it's my one thing. So this weekend my family came, actually Craig's family came and they're awesome. So if they listen to this, they can hear that. And my sister-in-law loves tortilla chips and salsa. That's her thing. So she was eating a lot of that and then I'm eating my potato chips. Then we went out to celebrate my husband's birthday. That's what it was. And we picked this restaurant, which was so great. And they were so nice. I had written in about, I don't eat industrial seed oils and I don't eat gluten. And the server was amazing. He came over and he said, hey, you can eat this and we have this. And I checked that this dressing has this. And uh, so I'm going to eat there all the time. I'm going to give them a lot of business because they were just so easy and I could digest the food we ordered desserts. Now, of course, I don't indulge, but I did indulge just a little bit. I had the warm flourless chocolate cake, but I had a little bit of it and the outside had something on it. I don't know. It must've been a powdered sugar. I did not eat the outside. I ate a little bit on the inside and I was fine. I slept like a baby that night. And usually caffeine, you know would jolt me awake, but I think because I'm feeling better and my body's dealing with things better, I was able to be fine. Now, I had not much of it. I had maybe a couple bites, maybe three bites. That's it. I didn't overdo it, but that's an example of cheating on my diet. Yeah, I do. I do because I'm human and because I live in fucking the United States of America where the food here is good. I lived in a country where the food was not so good and I I went through that for two years. So I am grateful that we have good food here. Now, am I saying it's the healthiest? I'm not saying that, but we have good food here. Going back to the protocol, the Recode protocol, the good news is all of you, this would be easy for you in regard to diet because we eat this way anyway. All his protocol is for diet is an anti-inflammatory diet with keto. I think every single one of you who has written to me, whether you're vegan, vegetarian, uh, carnivore, whatever, you've all said that to me that you're, I mean, reading between the lines that this is how you eat. It's not that hard for us. It would be really hard for someone who just eats quote unquote normally and goes to Mexican and goes to Chipotle and every once in a while gets McDonald's and eats pizza and then you're gonna have some problems. But for us, easy peasy. Now, this is a big one, guys. I've been talking about this for how long has this podcast been on? year and a half? Two years? I am so proud to say that I finally gave up sugar. I do not substitute with honey or monk fruit or anything. Nothing. Because I asked Dr. Peg this about the sugar. And she said to me, she said, well, someone like you I would say just give it up completely. She said, I do have people where I can say, you know, substitute with honey, substitute with monk fruit. But she said, in your case, because of the SERS gene and I am pre-Alzheimer's, right? I have some of the symptoms. She said, I don't think you want sugar in your diet. And she said, I know that's really hard to hear. But I have to tell you, that's what set me straight. Having that book, as I told you, recommended to me and realizing that My husband could be going through something that I went through as a child with my grandmother. I said, no way. So that was a come to Jesus moment for me. Ever since that day, I have not eaten sugar. Now, I do eat fruit that has sugar. Potato chips, potatoes break down into sugar carbohydrates. So that, yes, you're you're 100% right. Anyone who's like, whoa, 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 that's sugar, you're right. Certain vegetables, like if I eat a carrot, that has sugar. So I guess I would say processed sugar or anything that is natural, like honey or monk fruit that I can substitute with, I don't. So I'm really proud of myself for doing that. And it was easy to do. Once I had a good motivation and a good mindset, I don't even miss it. I don't even like it. I tasted something, not the flourless chocolate cake. I tasted something with sugar because my My friend wanted me just to taste it and spit it out. Uh, It was a cookie. And I was like, this is nasty. I didn't say that to her. But I was like, oh, that's gross. Because as we all know, your taste buds start to change, right? It's so funny with my husband who eats whatever he wants. He brought home these chicken wings yesterday. And they were with all the fried and the breading. And we do eat chicken wings. But of course, we're eating the organic Uh, humanely raised, uh, no antibiotic, you know, all the high end stuff. And then we put our own spices on them and we eat them and he loves them. And he hasn't had these junky chicken wings in forever. And so he's a good litmus test. And he ate a few of them last night. And he was like, I have to throw these out. These are disgusting. So even someone like him, once you start eating that super healthy, organic, you just get used to it. Your body gets used to it. Something interesting that my friend told me, she is a nurse for older patients. So often she sees dementia and Alzheimer's. And she said the ones with dementia and Alzheimer's are huge sugar consumers. They consume sugar. They're the people that well like no one's business they're the, they're the old grandpa that you know always had some candy in their pocket was always sucking on some i don't know hard candy or had taffy or whatever it is and she said those are the people that always have the neurodegenerative disease and that's what she noticed just from her job and observing and that really woke me up too and i said okay nope Dr. Bredesen recommends a little dark chocolate. I've been eating just a little bit of 95% dark chocolate and that's been working well, and I love this. He talks about coffee a lot, a good amount, and he says how healthy coffee is, which I love coffee. I don't drink it, I love the smell, I love the taste. I I love everything about coffee. When my husband grinds up the beans, I love the smell of that, I just love it. So I am working my way up to decaf. Now I haven't started. It so, sounds like I'm already started. I'm not, but I'm figuring if I can handle a little bit of the dark chocolate, then eventually I can handle working my way up to decaf, which I'll probably do later and uh, maybe later this year, but definitely next year. And I think that's cool. Having coffee and chocolate. That's great. I have to remind myself not to overwhelm myself because I do that sometimes. I am going to say it's going to take a year or even more to nail down my exact protocol. And it's a lot of the same shit that I'm already doing. You know, I'm I'm already doing the diet. I pretty much, right? Except for some slip-ups, I'm doing keto plus anti-inflammatory. That's what I do every day of my life. That's what you guys do. And then I'm adding more vitamins. So I'm trying Now, I take L-glutamine in the morning, first thing when I wake up, my ND, who you know, Jessica Johnson from episode 45, did she talk about L-glutamine? I don't think she did, but she always tells me to take it an hour away from everything else. So I start my morning with L-glutamine, and I'm going to add in NAG, and I have no, if I'm pronouncing this wrong, guys, I'm sorry, I forgot to look up the pronunciation of the A word, N-acetylglucosamine, and I do that in the morning. And both are great for leaky gut and UC and restoring the colon lining. I'm already taking omega 3 Chinese skull cap and zinc picolinate, as I talked about last episode. And for sleep, I've ordered a fancy vitamin D and melatonin. I may be adding MCT oil. If anyone has any suggestions for me with the MCT oil, please let me know. Dr. Bredesen really recommends that. I do intermittent fasting most days. I do a 14-hour fast. I've tried doing the 16-hour fast. I want to (laughs) die. I sometimes will get a headache. I'll get a little cranky, so I don't do 16 hours. Sometimes I do. It's every once in a while, but not really. I need to sweat more. I have been told this now by Dr. Pegg. I've been told it by Ruth, the health coach, the SIRS health coach. I Someone else told me that too. There's another specialist. How many specialists do I go to? Well, anyway, someone else told me that. But I need to sweat more. I think Jessica might have told me that. And um, I need more cardio. That's what I'm lacking. And I'm possibly looking to purchase a hot yoga dome or an at-home sauna because I'm noticing with this binder, I'm sorry, I keep saying last episode, as as I referred to in last episode, the binder, which is taking the toxins out of my body, that I'm going very slowly on it. And Ruth said to me, are you sweating a lot? And I'm like, no. (laughs) And I think that's why. So I really need to focus on sweating a lot more because I don't and I just, I'm not someone who sweats easily. So that's something I want to do as well. If you read the patient protocols in the book, you would not be overwhelmed. It's not a big deal for us with UC. We are UC warriors. We're used to all this shit. It is a huge deal for everyone else. And imagine if you're 80 and are used to eating garbage foods and you try to switch. Unless that person is extremely motivated, it's going to be impossible. Trying to teach an old dog new tricks, he talks about in the book, there was a patient who was, I think, 80, 85, somewhere around there and went on the protocol, started doing better and then just didn't keep up with it, said, I don't, this is too hard. I want to enjoy my life, eat the food I want to eat and rapidly declined, the family told uh, Dr. Bredesen. So this is something where you listen to this episode and someone in your family has Alzheimer's, advanced Alzheimer's uh, and just got diagnosed or is rapidly declining They have to be motivated for you to hand them that book. You almost would have to tell them, Listen, you're gonna have to change everything about your life because you do, like, I mean, not us, but them. They would have to change most likely almost everything about their lives if they're not healthy eaters, if they're not exercisers. And you try to tell someone that at, at a later stage of life, where if I'm 95 and I'm diagnosed with Alzheimer's and I like eating my hot dog every day for lunch and I like my ice cream and I like my Swedish fish and all of that, I would tell you, go fuck yourself. I'm 95 and this is how I'm going to die. And that's it. (laughs) You know, I kind of get where people are coming from. So before you get excited and say, oh my God, I'm going to recommend this book to someone, really think about it. Because if this is someone who's never going to change, it's not worth your time. And the problem Dr. Bredesen discusses about having a magic pill for Alzheimer's, you need to heal so many things. He gives you the list of how many things need to be healed to take away Alzheimer's that no one pill can do it. It's impossible. So that's why a pill won't work either. And it's, yeah, it's it's definitely deflating for those who are not willing to change. There's someone who I know with Parkinson's, where my husband said, hey, why don't you tell him about everything you do? And I said, he'll never listen. I said, he will never, ever listen. He'll call me a kook. He'll say, I'm not doing all that holistic, herbal shit. Like he's just not that, it's not even worth me getting into a conversation with him. It's it's not even worth it. So you have to kind of pick your battles a little bit with this knowledge you want to share. And it's so exciting to share, but just trust me, pick your battles. With my grandmother, I could have never changed her diet, not in a million years. I could have never gotten that woman to exercise. She had no interest in it. I mean, it's just how people are, and you can only do so much. You can only lead a horse to water, as they say. (laughs) Between mind, body, and soul, I think it will take a year or more to perfect my protocol. And Dr. Bredesen doesn't say protocol. He says your daily routine. And I work from home, so it's a hell of a lot easier than someone who's traveling all the time. That's tough. Between taking the binder and adjusting to the new protocol, I hope to be introducing more foods into my diet. I've already introduced dark chocolate, raw cashews and a little bit of salsa without the jalapeno. In the small amount of time I've given up sugar and started the recode protocol, I am seeing a reverse in my cognitive decline. I can follow complex plot lines in movies and TV shows and I'm back to speed reading. In fact, uh, reading Dr. Bredesen's book, I read it very, very quickly. The TV show my husband and I are watching now is Suits, and anyone who ever has watched Suits, it's complex plot lines. And there's a couple times where I'm just not paying attention. I'm like, wait a minute, what happened? What are they doing? <laughs> but for the most part, I'm following it fine. My anxiety around driving is almost non-existent. My anxiety overall is non-existent unless I go too hard on these potato chips with avocado oil. I do feel... Overwhelmed by certain tasks on certain days, but it's rare now. It used to be every day. Now it's rare. My vocabulary and word search is improving, but very slowly, especially the word search while podcasting. To keep my brain sharp, I have decided to, and I'm going to say this out loud and commit to it, (laughs) I've decided to learn or relearn Spanish this winter. For those of you that don't know, I'm adopted from Colombia. I grew up with white Americans who didn't speak Spanish. So it's always been a goal of mine to speak Colombian Spanish. And in fact, I got the name of a good tutor who's in Medellin in Colombia, and I'm hoping to use her. So that should be a lot of fun. And and I want to go back to reading Spanish books and Spanish movies. At one point, I was actually doing pretty well in Spanish. I spent... Six weeks in Spain, this was 20 years ago and I was doing well and then I had worked in this restaurant where everyone spoke Spanish and I was starting to understand and speak again and then I lost it. So I said, no, no, no. I've always said this is my goal. I was going to wait till 50 and I said, no, this is a really good way to keep my brain active and motivated and sharp. And then lastly, I'm staying as positive as I can. It's just my life. It's how it is. And I was saying to my sister-in-law, the good news about it is I feel like I can always put on a bikini, you know, like I, I don't have to worry about, oh, we're going to the beach. Uh, let's Let's wait a few weeks and then I'll lose some weight. I don't feel that way at all. You know, I look good. I did a photo shoot last week because I'm trying to do new podcast covers, which is fun. And I felt good about myself. So I think that is a great thing about the way we eat as well and live our lives. If you have gained any knowledge, insight, or comfort from these episodes, please support this podcast. Buy my UC ebook. People love it. It's a really good way to get a lot of the information from this podcast. And there's some information I actually do not talk about on this podcast, but have it in that ebook digital form where it's always on your phone. You can look it up and you can digest it. No pun intended. You can digest it as slowly as you want or as quickly as you want. I have two meditations. And also, if you want to donate, please donate. All the links are in the show notes. In my household, when we have a perfect shit, you know, when it slides out of your body, it's a perfect color and solidly formed. And you're so proud of yourself that you turn around the toilet and go, wow, we call that a green heart. I wish everyone a green heart day.